Hey, this is Jeffrey Wu from Human, and we're really excited to launch Human Ketone. And as a part of this launch campaign, we're hosting top academics in the field of ketosis and giving their own personal perspectives around their own personal research into ketones, as well as the development of the entire space. So I'm excited to have our first video perspective from Professor Dominic D'Agostino uh, from USF, one of the premier researchers uh, in, in ketosis today. So excited to have this conversation. Great to be here. Thanks yeah, for having me. Of course. Um, so you've been a widely published and cited author in a number of papers on endogenous and exogenous ketosis. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious in your uh, experience, what, are, what was one or two of the most exciting moments that you've personally had in your research in exogenous ketones? One or two, man, we've had a bunch. Um, but I think the the thing that's most memorable was the first time we took an exogenous ketone and we administered it acutely uh, in a rat model and subjected that model to a very uh, strong stimulus of oxygen, uh, high oxygen, which typically evokes a seizure in about five to ten minutes. Right. Uh, in a state of therapeutic ketosis, we could extend that 600%, and it happened from the very first animal that we studied, and every animal that we studied after that, <laughs> we saw an extension. So I remember we were all kind of standing around the hyperbaric chamber and watching the neuroprotective effect of acute ketosis. I was under the impression that it had to be produced and sustained for a week or two, but we didn't actually have uh, the money or the means to administer that amount in that amount of time. So that would be like number one, and I think the second, observation that really got us excited was the observation that adding ketones to a standard diet, a high carbohydrate standard rat chow, uh, extended the survival time and suppressed tumor growth in uh, an animal model of metastatic cancer. Wow. So, And that all happened within a year or two when I, when I first started studying this in about 2009 or 10. So they were very memorable moments yeah. in my ketone research. Yeah. Oxygen toxicity and yeah. cancer are, I mean, well, I mean, especially cancer, some of, is yeah. one of the most pernicious diseases affecting humans. Um, and I think that is just one of a potential indication of mm -hmm. ketosis or exogenous ketones. So uh, I'm curious to, to, to zoom scope out a little bit here mm -hmm. and in, in the entire literature of ketosis, uh, what do you think are some of the most promising directions moving forward? Yeah, so it used to be the ketogenic diet specifically for pediatric epilepsy yeah. when I started studying this, yeah. and there really wasn't any other applications for maybe nutritional obesity. ketosis. Maybe obesity. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe obesity. Yeah. Um, clinically accepted standard of care applications, so right. that's, that's how I kind of define it. Yeah. But now it's you know expanding and blowing up to so many different applications. So I think one, and it may apply to many different disorders is the, is the effect of ketones, the ketone metabolite uh, suppresses inflammation, specifically the NLRP3 inflammasome, which we know is kind of a hub, and when it's activated, it sets off an inflammatory cascade in the body that, uh, if prevented or suppressed, could prevent the early initiation of age-related chronic diseases. Uh, we know that cancer, one of the hallmarks of cancer is inflammation. So chronic inflammation uh, causes genomic instability that can kick on oncogenes and cause cancer. We know that things you know, like Alzheimer's disease and even epilepsy, many forms of neurological diseases, 
are a result of chronic neuroinflammation, whether it be caused by an environmental factor or a virus or, uh, or just you know, amyloid plaques and things like that. So I think the observation that a endogenous metabolite is working as a signaling molecule independent of metabolism as a, as a hormone, like a signaling molecule, and suppressing inflammation, I think that's very exciting that we can do that through a number of different means, whether it be intermittent fasting, ketogenic diet, or ketone supplementation, which is, would be the option for people who are unwilling or unable to implement a strict nutritional strategy to elevate that metabolite. Yeah. I mean, I'm actually curious to dive into that point. Um, so uh, this is something that is just an active area of research. I don't think there's a definitive answer. Mm-hmm. Um, how much of, or, or how broad, of, of the effects of a ketogenic diet or intermittent mm-hmm. fasting, what mm-hmm. subset of those indications or downstream effects do you think would you ascribe to just the ketones themselves? That's a good question. And that's, uh, we seek to gain insight into yeah. that question based on some of the work that we're doing. Uh, I personally believe that a modified form of the ketogenic diet with ketone supplementation may be optimal for a number of disease pathologies, maybe performance, but that, that the jury's still out on that. Right. Uh, so I think undoubtedly there are some benefits that you get like autophagy, you know, with fasting, intermittent right. fasting, and there may be some benefits to the ketogenic diet uh, or that you get with a ketogenic diet that you may not get with exogenous ketones alone. Uh, so, but I do think that a wide range of uh, neurological pathologies and things outside of the brain too that are responsive to ketogenic diet therapy will also be responsive to exogenous ketone therapy. Um, the one, there's many ones off the top of my head, but type two diabetes, for example. I mean, you have observed, we were talking about it and I have observed that there's an acute and pretty good sustained suppression of blood yeah, glucose. 20, 30%. And insulin, yeah. yeah. And that's huge. I mean, yeah. considering, considering that type two diabetes, you know, insulin resistance is a huge problem, yeah. which is an underlying problem that if not addressed, leads to early onset of chronic diseases, potentially Alzheimer's disease, definitely cancer too, is right. like many different types of cancers are linked to uh, hyperglycemia and hyperinsulinemia. So just being able to mitigate that with a supplement, and we've done quite a bit of work with metformin, and I mean, the exogenous ketones can blow away metformin if it, when it comes to yeah. suppressing, you know, reducing blood glucose levels and even reducing insulin levels. Yeah, no, that's so like, that's good, like so really super good exciting with, to uh, me. Yeah. Professor Tim Noakes coming yeah. and trying mm-hmm. that and saying that, wow, compared to metformin, yeah, uh, you know, ketone, you know, human ketone was able to suppress much more aggressively. It yeah. was interesting. Yeah, and I mean, just think about the effects of the ketogenic diet, and or low carb doesn't even have to be a ketogenic diet, and its ability to uh, put type two diabetes patients into remission right. in a relatively short amount of time. Right. Uh, you know, the work that Jeff Volick and Stephen Finney are doing with Verda is yeah. a, is a pretty dramatic example of that. But if you have, there are, there are some people, I just know communicating with hundreds if not thousands of people that are just unwilling or unable to do uh, a ketogenic diet or even a low carb diet. Right. And, and we know from our work and me taking various supplements personally that 
you know, and, and watching other people take supplements too and looking at their blood work, that even if you're not on a carbohydrate reduced diet, uh, you get a significant benefit in reduction in glucose. And we don't know what that means long term because we just don't have enough studies yet, but one can imagine that if you're pushing, you know, biomarkers down, inflammation, insulin, lowering blood glucose, elevating ketones. I know my C-reactive protein is almost non-detectable now, or mm -hmm. it was always kind of mid to upper elevated before I got onto the ketogenic diet. These things are going to pay big dividends, you know, for, for longevity. our longevity. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the most, uh, the biggest misconceptions with exogenous ketones that you've, you've, you've received questions about? Uh, there's quite a few. I, I would say maybe the first one would be if you drink exogenous ketones, that it's a weight loss supplement. And I think it could inadvertently lead to weight loss, but consuming ketones in and of itself is not... It's an extra energy source. It's an extra energy source. So you don't, by virtue of the laws of thermodynamics, you typically can't put more energy into a system and expect you know, <laughs> your body. Right. I do think that continuous consumption may improve metabolic health in a way that could enhance your fat oxidation capacity. Right. Yeah. Uh, and also, I, I guess... I guess our, our research lead, Brianna, has a paper accepted into obesity. I think it actually will be published very, very shortly, showing that uh, ketone ester drinks reduce ghrelin, the appetite hormone. Yes. So and it might not directly lead to weight loss, but it may reduce appetite and therefore potentially overall reduce calorie consumption. It, exactly. And I think it makes insulin and ghrelin work better right. and can maybe normalize these, especially in people who are have been eating a surplus amount of calories or a high carbohydrate diet. Yeah. Uh, and I think a lot of people are concerned about insulin too. I know there's kind of a misconception that, or some early data showing that IV infusion of ketones can increase insulin, uh, or maybe when it's taken in a big bolus, you get a spike in insulin that could be you know, uh, lipogenic, could make you store fat. Uh, but in the real world scenario, maybe even a little spike in insulin could be beneficial mm -hmm. as far as, uh, you know, enhancing metabolism in different ways. Uh, but what we see when we incorporate exogenous ketones, whether they be esters or ketone salts into the diet, uh, there's a generally an enhancement of insulin sensitivity and a, a lowering of baseline insulin. So that's what's most important, I think. Uh, which could potentially lead to, you know, greater fat loss, you know, over time by enhancing insulin sensitivity. And then you also, uh, in theory and, and even in practice, when you administer ketones, you see a decrease, and we talked about this, in blood glucose suggesting that ketones are enhancing uh, glucose disposal or maybe reducing hepatic gluconeogenesis, uh, you know, improving glycemia, uh, which is, could be a significant therapeutic effect too, and maybe getting the tissues to use glucose in a, in a better mm -hmm. way. So some people are concerned about adding carbohydrates and ketones at the same time and producing potentially ketoacidosis, but the potential for that happening is not really uh, a concern because right. you would have to consume an amount that would really be self-limiting, like right. you would really wouldn't be able to consume an amount right. that would put you into ketoacidosis. Right. I mean, I think the ranges that we expect with human ketone is between yeah. three to five millimole and ketoacidosis yeah. is like 20 millimole. Yeah, and you're just not gonna feel well. And I think, um, I, I do think, I know personally, I kind of feel better in the lower range around two, maybe at the most three, but right. after that, 
especially if I'm sedentary and just working at my desk. I think I have I have an advantage if, if I do have ketones in my system, but definitely no advantage and maybe a disadvantage if levels start oh, getting right, high yeah. because it produces a mild metabolic acidosis that your body has to deal with. Uh, but if you're exercising, so that could be a different story, right? Because right? you're adding fuel to a system, right. and you're, you're utilizing out the acid. it. You're, you're breathing yeah. heavier, yeah. And you're disposing of it. Yeah. And the body's compensatory, respiratory, and renal compensation yeah. uh, can adjust for pH. It's a very small kind of impact on your body's acid-base balance during ketones. Right. Uh, if you run up the stairs, that's a much bigger, <laughs> you know, uh, your body has to do a lot more countermeasures to balance. Your, your acid levels from right. doing, you know, simple anaerobic or int high intensity exercise. Yeah. So Dom, with the launch of human ketone, uh, it'll be the first time there will be a commercially available ketone ester drink that everyone can, can purchase and use. I know you've studied ketone esters in your research. Um, what do you think the implications are, are, are going to be for athletes, for everyday folks that are trying to to, to use ketone esters. What do you, what do you think that unlocks? Well, I, I think it's an exciting experiment <laughs> because uh, people really, we haven't studied these in the capacity. We know that they have effects on metabolism that have broad ranging implications for a number of therapeutic diseases and uh, which I study mostly. And, and I know from using it personally and this uh, communicating with quite a few people who are using ketone salt products to are you know sending me their blood work, sh telling me their benefits, whether it be seizures, performance, you know, in the field, diving, you know, being in hypoxia, climbing, things like that. So people are already getting the benefits of it. So the introduction to this powerful ketone ester into the market, I think, really can uh, bring about you know you're bringing a technology to people that has wide-ranging implications for human health, potentially disease, and also human performance. So that's really interesting to me. And as a scientist, I am really excited to do more research. Most of what we have done have been in animal models, and I'm really excited to move our research more into human clinical trials and human performance trials. So maybe a commercially available <laughs> supplement will allow us to Unlock do that, that door, and, yeah. and expedite that process. So. Very cool. And then last question here, as we're looking into the future, um, I think we touched upon this before, but I think it might just be helpful. So as we're moving into the future, um, what aspects of the manipulation of ketone metabolism do you think would be most promising as we uh, look into the future of the research? In regards to how the ketones can be used yeah. into that? Uh, man, I think there's a lot of potential benefits for the average everyday person, right? Uh, for me specifically, I mean, maybe speaking selfishly, I like, uh, I do intermittent fasting maybe a couple times a week. Okay. And I- How have, long are you, how long are your fasts? Uh, I do about anywhere between 16 to 18 to maybe 20 hours on some days okay. if I'm in the office. Okay. And I found tremendous benefits from just doing that maybe twice a week. I mean, uh, sometimes I do it three or four times a week or sometimes just once a week. But to also, I do the practice where it's maybe a modified intermittent, where I take ketones during that part of the day to maybe further augment right. <laughs> my metabolism right. and give me energy in a way. But if you were to check my blood work, it would look like I'm further enhancing and shifting some of the biomarkers we know that are responsible for 
us getting benefits from therapeutic fasting. Right. So I'm pushing down insulin farther and even spiking in, you know, uh, ketones up a little bit more. Right. So I like to use it in that way. And I think there's, I think what would be, it was very interesting is that we don't yet know the optimal way to use ketones. It will really be individualized and personalized. And, you know, the stay at home mom may have a different application than the guy who rides, you know, uh, cycles with his right. buddies after work or, or something or like the, that. Or Navy SEALs. Or, or a Navy SEAL. Or, right, or an yeah. NFL football player. Exactly. Right. Uh, and I do think as creatine, when creatine came about, everyone was kind of skeptical. I remember in 1990, 1991, reading pamphlets about this when I was in high school. And now we know after hundreds, dozens, if not hundreds of studies, that creatine, it's an alternative energy substrate that significantly enhances you know, muscle energy capacity by enhancing ATP production. So, and I mean, it's actually is probably one of the most effective supplements out there. So I see ketones filling that kind of uh, situation where it allows cells to enhances the bioenergetic capacity yeah. of cells and allows them to make more ATP, yeah. but it's more versatile and it can be used, it's you know generating mitochondrial ATP right. production, it's enhancing that process. Yeah. So I see it as kind of the next cre uh, creatine but with broader ranging implications that could be even yeah. incorporated yeah. into I mean, food the one, supply. Yeah, the one I think about is like a fourth macronutrient, right? Yes. So I, mean, I was going yeah, there. Yeah. So actually, you know, something that could be incorporated into the food supply as a metabolite that has been shown to impact gene expression of uh, enzymes and, and mechanisms we know could confer longevity effects, uh, hitting signaling pathways that have anti-inflammatory effects. Uh, it's a calorie-containing substance, right. which has beneficial effects on energy metabolism and many signaling processes. Right. So that's pretty exciting to me. Uh, and I think I'm also interested in many different you know, whole food sources. Uh, I think consuming ketones, it's it produces, the ketone ester produces bioidentical ketone metabolites that, um, you know, we've had for many different years and enabled us to uh, survive famine, survive starvation, and it's kind of reactivating a metabolic or genetic program that we've largely silenced through the advent of modern right. conveniences, yeah. modern food, Constantly and, and meal refueling frequency. refueling carbs yeah. all the time. Yeah. So we're bringing that out again, and I think by understanding nutrition, ketogenic nutrition, and with supplementation, we can get those benefits. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to stop by. Appreciate the time. Thanks for Talk having me, Jeff. Yeah.